buddy, <laughs> let me tell you, I am extremely online. <laughs> shapeshifters and welcome back to another episode of summer twilight book club the podcast where your two best friends fry their brains like an egg in a frying pan by taking you through the horniest books of their teenage years i'm sahana and i use she her pronouns and i'm kat and i use they them pronouns do we have anything we need to talk about or plug this time i don't think that we do honestly we have so much fucking garbage to get through in this episode that we might as well just dive right in it's yeah this is a long one, y'all. Buckle the fuck up. Yeah. So, if this is your first episode, this is honestly a super weird place to start. And I would probably jump back to the start of season one or two because we are on, finally, we did the it. end of the book. Free at means, last. Free at last. Which means I gotta summarize it yeah for you. yeah maybe so, like tell the tell the tell the lovely folks at home what the fuck we've been through yeah because for those of, of you who are ignoring me and not jumping back to episode one you gotta know what's going on and for those of you who don't have this book ingrained in their brain until death like some of us Jesus. here is what happened so far so there's a yeah there's a whole first book who cares not me it existed if you don't know the general plot of the first twilight book that's weird. How did you do that? Um, anyway. <laughs> you, like, teach us how, where's the rock that you lived under, and is there room for us? Yeah, I mean, I understand not knowing the end of it, but, like, there's not much else to it other than what no, you, really. the basics of Twilight. So, Bella Swan, at the beginning of this book, New Moon, was dumped by her vegan vampire boyfriend while in the woods. And then Edward, like, removed all the stuff that could give any indication that he was ever there, and Bella was super sad for months, like, didn't do anything, couldn't go out, couldn't, like, didn't even talk to anyone, really. Like, at all uh bella then eventually like woke up for some reason i can't remember why and she went out with a friend and had an auditory hallucination of edward's voice chastising her for being dumb which is super cool and normal yeah yeah and then she's like driving around in the rain and she sees some motorcycles on the side of the road and she's like i want to die i guess so she gets the motorcycles she gets man's best friend wolf pup jacob black to help her learn how to ride them because uh, she's trying to force herself to hear Edward's voice. And then while that's happening, the girlfriend of the guy that they killed in the last book, whose name is Victoria, is running around killing hikers, presumably maybe trying to hunt Bella. Not great. Not the best. Yeah, so then, yeah. And then Bella's like, June Woo would be really great, though, actually, if I jumped off a cliff right now, spontaneously, for fun. It's chill. And so she does. And then she's like, hmm, I'm dying for sure. But, like, it might be kind of chill. I might like it. And, uh, yeah, but Jacob's like, maybe you shouldn't die. And then he saves her from drowning. And so then Alice, uh, Everett's vampire sister, has a vision about this, but she doesn't realize that Bella got saved by Jacob because her power doesn't work on werewolves and Jacob's a werewolf. Um, and through the grapevine, Edward hears that Bella is dead and runs off to Italy to try to, like, get murdered. And, uh, Alice is like, hey, Bella come with me, we gotta stop Edward from dying. Right. So Bella's like, oh yeah, great, I'm just gonna fucking ditch my dad, who is at his best friend's funeral, but it's fine, I'm just gonna ditch him and run off to Italy, uh, he won't care, And also whatever. ditch my best friend, yeah. So and yeah. also, yeah, also ditch my best friend, whose friend's dad just died. Uh, so they go to Italy, they steal a car, they stop Edward from dying, they meet up with, like, the vampire Catholic church, uh, they're called the Volturi, um, and then the vault were like, hey, you should probably turn Bella into a vampire. Otherwise, we're going to fucking murder her. And then Edward's like, uh, whatever. Sure, I guess. And then he's like super affectionate while they're in Italy and on their way back. Yeah. And then they get to Forks and Edward's like carrying Bella because that dumb bitch didn't sleep the whole time. And Charlie's like, get the fuck off my property. You know, but not really because. Get off my he- lawn. Yeah, but he really is pissed. And then Edward's like, just let me carry her upstairs. And he does. And then Bella's like, don't leave me. And Edward's like, I never said I was going to. And then, yeah, 
And then also just like important to mention, the werewolves who live in La Push, uh, so like Jacob and his family and friends, uh, are enemies of the vampires and they have a treaty which is relevant to the epilogue because these books all have epilogues despite being fucking I don't understand a series. Why. I They're don't understand. So long. They're so long. Why is there an epilogue for this one? I understand that maybe there was an epilogue for the first one because she wasn't sure if she was going to write any more of the series. But mm-hmm. this is, at this point, you know it's a series. You know that there are more books coming. Why write an epilogue? Just make it the last chapter. Mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And I, you can't even argue that it's the epilogue to the main story because there's never, like, a story arc. It's no. always just kind of like, this stuff happens. and that It's like Riverdale where there's, like, eight story arcs in a season. And it's I, just like, can I, can I, can we take a brief aside to say? Yeah, of course you can. I tried, Cat. I tried to watch this season of Riverdale. I really so did. We made it an episode and a half. No, I don't even think we made it through the first episode. And I was like, I can't do this. I don't know what's oh, really? going on. I hate the this. First... I don't care about Archie. I liked the first episode. It was sad. His dad died. I thought and it his was... real dad died. Not real. I dad, thought it but... was ham fisted. Yeah, but. I mean, it kind of is. It gets better, I think, like, later on in the episode. I really, I really do want to try to stick it out because I feel like I have to make it to the therapy episode. I feel like it's my, like, moral obligation to you to watch you could, the therapy episode. You could just video. read summaries of the other episodes and then... <laughs> that is, that's what Michelle suggested. Just, like, just to read the auto-straddle summaries and then we can keep going. Yeah, no, I think just read the summaries and then watch the therapy episode. This isn't think, really, really bad. Like, it is uh, not worth watching. I think I might try it again when I'm home. My dad's in India right now, but he comes back on the 26th and he's going to be super jet lagged. And when he's jet lagged, all he does is watch TV. And so I might be able to convince him to watch the season of Riverdale with me. Yeah. Which I would love. I would. My Christmas slash New Year's gift to the general public. I'm going to try to make it live tweeting my dad's reactions to season four of Riverdale. You can hold me to that. I want to be there for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll get matching sleep hats. I'm like, shit, Chris and I don't have New Year's plans. (laughs) (laughs) We're just spending New Year's with my dad watching Riverdale. That's my dream. Honestly, it sounds amazing. He would buy us bourbon. It would be great. Let's try to make it happen. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. We uh, after we oh just talked forever about Riverdale, uh, we should say that since we have two chapters and an epilogue to get through, we're gonna try to be speedy about things. Well, but y'all know that isn't exactly our specialty. Clearly, not the best at that. You already know how long this episode is. We don't. Let's get going. <laughs> the first. Wow, the first. I've never thought about that before. You all are probably looking at the runtime on this episode, going, "These dumb bitches." But here we go. They're used to it. So chapter, chapter 23, The Truth, which is a lie. Oh, the truth is, is a lie. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So let me begin by saying that I fucking hated every second of this chapter. I hated it. Sucked. It I We're going to try to sprint through it because the more time we spend on it, the faster my brain just disintegrates into dust. Like, the descriptive writing in this book has gotten so bad that I genuinely had to read the first page and a half three times in a row to figure out what was happening, which may or may not have been exacerbated by how high I was when I was reading, but that is neither here nor there. So, what I have managed to make out is that Bella has been asleep for a while, She's been having some mix of nightmares and good dreams featuring all manner of vampires. Uh, She, like, calls Edward an angel again, and it's gross. Um, She's reluctant to wake up and let go of the image of the angel because she doesn't want him to leave her. She's completely disoriented. She says that the arms she's imagined around her feel, quote-unquote, too real. And when she opens her eyes and sees Edward, she's convinced she's hallucinating and that she's just let her imagination dive straight off a cliff and will push it into the deep end. You know, you've read this chapter much more recently than I have. It's been, like, weeks since I've read this chapter. And hearing you describe it, I'm like, fuck, I forgot about this whole fucking part. It's but, the, yeah. It is a bad. I, no, but I have in my notes, I forgot about this part, but you, Bella says that she's uh about her hallucinations of her she's like uh 
I forced it to get out of hand, pretty much stalked my hallucinations, and now my mind is snapped. And I'm just so blown away by the phrase, stalked my hallucinations. And like, I feel like we need to talk about it, but I'm not even sure what to say, but it's super accurate. <laughs> I, like, it's such a weird phrasing. I don't know what there is to say about it, other than that it feels ironic, but not surprising that she uses the language of stalking specifically. But like, yeah, she did chase them down i guess she was seeking him out real hard not letting she him go sure was oh, like it was oof, oof like, what if edward hadn't left town and had just broken up with her you know oh, bella would have 100 percent stalked him i think she yeah well think about how she used to call jacob like every single day ever like over and over and over and over again no we'll get there we'll get to that. god so bella yeah so the bella decides that as long um she's like as long as i'm truly insane now i might as well enjoy the delusions and starts talking to edward who asks if she's okay um and She's like, oh, this delusion is better than usual, which is so stupid. This fucking bitch is so dumb. And then in a truly amazing and unprecedented act of total dumbassery, quickly assumes that she's dead and actually drowned while cliff diving. She starts panicking about everyone who might be upset that she's dead, uh, which is like one of the few times she actually thinks with other people. And Edward's like, you're not dead, you dumb bitch. And then finally Bella's like, oh, yeah, I actually had the last 36 hours that fucking happened. Right, so Edward tells Bella that she's been asleep for, like, 14 hours and that he's not supposed to be in her fucking house because Charlie banned him because Charlie's the only human or beast with any goddamn sense in this whole entire franchise. And Bella's super pissed off because she's an adult and people can't tell me what to do and I can't believe that Charlie wouldn't let you into our house. Bella has no awareness. Like, none like, she all. literally dipped while her father was at his best friend's funeral and left for Italy and Edward brings her back, and she's totally unable to walk. And all of this after she was totally disassociated for months after he left. But she's like, right, and oh. she has the audacity to be like, I can't believe that Charlie wouldn't let you into the house. Like, also, apparently, in all of this time, nobody has once bothered to think about Bella's excuse for going fucking AWOL for three days. Tight. Great. Cool. cool. Yeah. God. Not so, Bella. Yeah, so Bella maybe thinks that she's hallucinating, assumes that Edward is ultimately planning to abandon her at any moment, which is honestly fair considering his fucking track record, but she's like, oh, I have to keep him talking so he won't leave. So she asks where the fuck he's been for the last six months, which is warranted. And he's like, oh, I've been tracking, but then he seems weirdly uncomfortable and he won't give her any more information than that. So then he starts to like frantically explain that he was like, I thought you would be safe here without me and I had no idea that Victoria would come back for you or that like my departure would drive you into the arms of werewolves and I like, like, it makes me sick. I have a pathetic excuse for a human. Like he just keeps expressing all of this extreme guilt over leaving her and I don't care. Like I don't, I don't care. The part that pissed me off the most about this was that he acts like the worst part of all of it was the werewolves, which is so fucking immature and stupid because obviously the worst part it's not the fucking werewolves. Like, he refers to them as immature, volatile, the worst thing out there besides Victoria herself. As if they aren't totally fucking keeping Bella safe. Right. And, like, that he shouldn't be fucking thanking them for cleaning up his mess. And then also, like, she had a friend. Fuck right. you. Like, That's the thing that I think upsets me the most about this is, like, and, and I think it comes back later because I remember writing a note about it. But he's, like, so upset about the vampires. And it's like, no, you abandoned her and, like, somebody was there to be her friend. And I don't understand why you're mad about that. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Bella stops him in the middle of this rant, like, still convinced that this sentiment is coming from a place of obligation, uh, and is, like, determined to absolve him of it, and she explicitly says that Edward should be happy no matter what it costs me. Like, holy shit, Bella, go to therapy. Someone else's happiness should not come at the expense of your well-being, especially when that someone has just fucking gaslit you and abandoned and manipulated you to the point that you were, like, unable to function. Right, and so, like, from this place of being, like, oh, he should get to be happy, she then launches into this fucking speech about how he can't take responsibility for everything that happens to her and that guilt can't rule his life and blah, 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 blah. And honestly, the wild thing is that out of context, all of this is true. Out of context, yes, this is great advice. I talk to clients all the time, all the time about the idea of appropriate responsibility taking and thinking about what is in our control and what is not in our control. And so outside of the context, what Bella is saying about the fact that like, 
you can't take responsibility for everything that happens to another person or everything that they feel and you can't let guilt about those things rule your life. Great advice. In this situation, no. Because for Bella, this sentiment is coming from a place of self-sacrifice and prioritizing someone else's wellness over her own and it's deeply, deeply fucked. Deeply no, this part, Bella, I have please, such go a to therapy. Yeah, it's such a difficult part time with this part because I, I literally wrote my notes. I'm like, on one hand, a lot of it is pretty valid and legitimately good advice, mm-hmm. but on the other, I just like wish she'd say this to herself. Right. And like, also, Edward should take some responsibility for his actions. Like, yes, we aren't responsible for other people, but we have to take responsibility for the fact that like our right. actions affect other people. Yes. We can't pretend like we all live in tiny little vacuums. Like, God. yes. It just, it's awful. I hate it. Honestly, reading that part and the next part was so fucking excruciating. And like the next part of this conversation takes up so many pages and it makes me so mad and I care so little about it. So we're going to summarize it as briefly as possible. Kat, would you care to start us off? (sighs) Yeah. Okay. So I think, yeah. So Edward explains to Bella that he didn't ask the Volturi to kill him because he felt guilty, even though like he did feel guilty. He's like, no, like I felt guilty, but like, that's not why I did it. Um, He's like, but I couldn't imagine living in a world without you, girl. Like, can't live in a world where you don't exist, babe. And Bella is like, um, what are you talking about? You literally actively chose to live in a world where I wasn't there. He's like, no, like you, it's fine. Like you just gotta be alive. Like, which is so ridiculous, whatever. Ridiculous. Um, but she's super confused because this contradicts, you know, like everything ever has said to her and done in the last year, basically, or however fucking long it's been. And so Eight Edward, months, I think they say, yeah, I don't remember. So Edward says that he's he's like, well, I'm a good liar, but also I don't know if it's at this point or later. Is like, but why didn't you believe me? Yeah, why didn't we'll you get, like believe we'll me? Get there. Oh God, we oh will my God, get and he's there. like. He explains the yeah, he explains that he lied to Bella about not loving her in order to for her to let go of him so that he could leave so she'd be safe instead of just like telling her cool what was actually going on right. and just like treating had, her like I a had person. To lie to you. I had to lie to you. Right. And then this is where he's like Oh, I didn't expect you to believe me so quickly. And he seems almost upset that it was so easy to convince her that his feelings had changed. Which, like, what the fuck, Edward? What reason would Bella have not to believe you? Like, she's once, like, and this is the point at which Bella starts, like, weeping and is convinced that she must be dreaming. Because, of course, in reality, Edward would never come back and tell her that he's loved her the whole time. Because that's what she's been wishing for. And, like, and he's, like... No, I love you. I've always loved you. I'm always going to love you. And here, again, is where I need to say red motherfucking flag. Because what kind of textbook gaslighting? I hurt you because I love you. How could you ever believe that I didn't love you? I've done all of this for you. I was just trying to protect you. Like, it's bullshit. I it hate is bullshit. this part. Jesus fucking Christ. I hate this part because it's so, like... This shit is so insidious because, like, when I was reading this part, I was like, God damn it. Like, some of what he was saying, like, actually saying, I'm like, honestly, there's been so many times in my life where I just wanted to hear that. Like, sometimes I still just want to hear that, like, you know, um, when you're having a difficult time handling things uh, in a relationship or whatever. And I was like, and as a teenager... This is all you ever wanted to hear, especially if you're reading this, like, let's say, like, after you broke up with your first boyfriend mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I just had a difficult time reading this because it just, like, making me think of stuff that, like, some partners have said. It's like, I got emotional and mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> and I felt, like, kind of weird about it because it, like, made me, like, yearn for what Bella had in that moment and it just sucks. And, like, this no, is what teen, this is what teen girls with a broken heart yearn for and also adults. It yeah, just, like, adult ugh. me, I mean, there's part of this where I was like, this is fucking gross and I hate this, but I, like, and it I is pretty, gross in this context especially. Right, I, but, but I think that, like, this is real, right? Like, all of us at the end of important relationships, whether they were healthy or not healthy, I think, like, yearn for at least a while this idea that, like, it was all a mistake and the person's gonna, like, take everything back and everything's gonna go back to normal. And that's just not how any adult relationship works and so like that things can just sort of like go back to normal and then he's like actually you don't have to work for I it. love you right like i i actually hurt you and abandoned you and gaslit you and manipulated you because i loved you and it's fine yeah it's fucking ugh. so bella says yeah after that bella's like can't believe that edward 
because she's like, it never made sense for you to love me. Like, of course she believes that you didn't love her. Her self-worth and sense of value is just, like, so intrinsically tied to Edward's attention. And he then tells her that he'll prove she's not dreaming. Like, but then he, like, kisses her, but, like, against her will. Like, he, like, grabs her. And I think she even says, like, I couldn't get out of his iron grip. Or yeah, something. and I think she, I'm pretty sure she explicitly tells him to stop. She does, and she's like, oh, he, like, didn't let go of me. Oh, yeah, he caught my face securely between his iron hands, ignoring my struggles when I tried to turn my head away. Like, not cute, not hot, actually really fucking gross. No. Awful, um, horrible. But anyways, and, like, but this is, like, also kind of, like, the fantasy that people get sold is, like, you know, like, the man, like, pushing you against the wall, and you're, like, no, and they're, like, yes, and you're, like, okay, like, and it's just, ugh, whose fantasy is that, and why? it's horrible. Um, or, like, why are we sold that, rather? Like, who came up with it? Um, but anyways... So that happens, and then is like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm never leaving you again. I only left because I wanted to be in normal life, and clearly that's not happening. So the boys are back in town, baby. I hate him. Because then he like, <sighs> then he like goes on this fucking emotional diatribe. He goes on and on and on. He's like, my life was meaningless without you, and I was struggling to survive hour to hour and I just like curled up and let the misery take me and it was only a matter of time before I showed up to beg you to take me back and blah 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 on and on and on and honestly it is wild to me to read this as an adult because I know like I am confident that as a teenager I read this and I was enraptured like the idea of a man telling me that he couldn't live without me and that his life was and I quote like a moonless night Like, that's what I thought love was supposed to be as a teenager, and Mm -hmm. now reading it as a grown-ass woman, my reaction was literally, oh my god, ew, stop, 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 this is horrible. Like, you're obsessive, and it's freaking me out. Yes, it was awful. Like, I don't- die without me, I don't care. Um, (laughs) Also, more seriously, I do want to pause for a moment to reiterate how dangerous this narrative is. Like, Edward- has been, as we have said over and over and over and over across these two seasons, unquestioningly abusive, right? He's manipulated Bella, he's lied, he's gaslit her, the list goes on and on, he's physically restrained her. But here, with Edward's so-called explanation, I feel like Stephanie Meyer's really feeding into and reifying the myth that abusers cause harm because they love mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Like, she really tries to crystallize this idea that Edward's behavior is coming from a place of good intention. Like, he wants the best for Bella. He can't live without you. He was just trying to make sure that you were safe. And, like, how many survivors have heard this shit from their abusive partners? How many of them have heard it from their families? How many have been pressured by abusers and other people around them to forgive abuse or move on or forget their own hurt because of this narrative that abuse comes from a place of love. It's irresponsible, it's dangerous, I'm not fucking here for it. Yeah, and it's also really re-upped in other relationships in the book, too. Like, I mean, Samuel Lee's whole situation. Oh my god. Like, and I think that one's a lot more, like, is not the same at all. But it still, like, feeds into the narrative. But, okay, alright, so where are we? What's happening? Yeah, so anyways, uh, Everett finally tells Bella that he's been tracking Victoria. Bella freaks out <laughs> because she doesn't freak out for the right reason. She should freak out because Everett's so bad at it. But that's not what happens. So Edward gets mad again because she's friends with werewolves. Again, a red fucking flag. Bella momentarily considers Victoria and literally says that imagining Edward being faced Victoria is worse than Jacob being faced Victoria, even though she thinks Jacob stands less of a chance because she is maybe the worst person alive. I had to read this twice to be like, is this actually what she's saying? And it is. What the actual fuck? Like, Bella clearly does not give one single shit about Jacob, and he deserves a much better friend. Like, finally, she's just like, uh, whatever. Um, like, should we be worried about the Volturi and just moves past that fucking thought? I don't move past that thought, because, ugh, God. Um, so Edward is like, yeah... Uh, it's not a big deal. Years are, like, days for them. They probably won't show up till they're, like, 30. Which, like, I kind of appreciated that they acknowledged mm-hmm. that. Um, but, uh, 
because I was thinking that. I'm like, soon can't be that soon. Like, they're coming tomorrow. Like, uh, anyway, so Bella then, like, freaks the fuck out because she assumes correctly that this means his promise to turn her vampire was a totally empty one and that she's not, or that if it happens, she's going to be, like, way too old for it to matter right. and he's going to leave her or something. Right. But then, and then, yeah, so Edward's like, well, Edward promises that he's never going to leave her again. And Bella's like, what about when I get old and I'm gross? And he's like, you're going to be the hottest old lady in the universe. But if you ever want to leave me, whatever, I get it. And Bella's like, you realize I'm eventually going to die, right? And Edward's like, suicide, baby. And then Bella goes, okay, but the Volturi literally just told you that they're going to murder me dead if you turn me into a vampire. And he's like, yeah, but I have a plan. And Bella is not about that shit. So this dumb motherfucking bitch decides to take matters into her own hands. And she goes, hey, Edward, actually, I'm going to go put my mortality to a vote with your entire family. (laughs) And it's like fucking, this is fucking wild to me because I feel like this decision that Bella makes is presented as though it's like some kind of empowering move for her. She's like, I'm going to decide for myself. But yet again, she's not deciding for herself. She's ceding her autonomy to the interests of others. And I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, that's the end of this fucking chapter. Well, it's even worse God. than her autonomy, we find out. Her mortality. Literally her mortality. But, like, but literally I- even less than that. It's her life. She literally is like, her. I- I'll get to it. I'll get to it in the next chapter. It's a fucking mess. Anyway, uh, thank God this chapter's part? over because it broke me. It nearly broke me. My The only part of this chapter that I think I enjoyed was Bella being like, I've never been further east than Albuquerque. I can understand it, though, because I had never been further west than Chicago until I went to Iowa. I don't think that I knew that about you. I've been to Germany and Poland, but I've never been west <laughs> That's in the United States. <laughs> that's east, though. Oh, man. I know, that's um, what I'm saying. Directions I'm saying I've been are the fake. Other direct- no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I've been in the other direction, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I've never yeah. been in that one. Like That's, that's funny. Um... There's a whole, yeah. I don't do know you have a, You're do over you have there. A, you exist. I do exist. I am on the other coast. Uh, do you have any favorite parts of this chapter? I tried to find one. I was really, looking and seeking, and I was like, I just hate all of it. Nothing is even funny. Like, Who can blame you? It's just bad. It's just bad. So, um, chapter, 24, chapter 24. The last true chapter in the book is called Vote. So Bella momentarily considers jumping out the window so she can head out to the Collins' house for the vote. But before she can do so, Edward picks her up and, and he jumps out the window. But luckily, Edward is much better at jumping out windows than Bella. And it goes great. So he slings her on like a backpack and runs to the woods near his house before slowing down so they can like talk a bit before arriving. And uh, Edward's like, hey, are you ever going to trust me again? I get it. Like, if you're not. And determines that he can't convince her and that only time will tell the, like show her the truth. Um, which is supposedly that he'll never leave her, but I gotta say to readers, I don't trust him at all. And I do have to say that him coming to that realization, I was kind of like, please make this mean that you've grown a bit because you're Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I really want you to listen. I really want you to understand. I really want to convince you. And I feel like Edward before would have been like, I'm going to convince you. And Edward's now like, you know, I guess I have to show with my actions over time. And I was like, that's true. Good job, Edward. But he hasn't learned shit. Not, um, not at all. Nope. So Bella explains <sighs> that she's like, no, I trust you just fine, which is bonkers, but that she doesn't trust that she's enough for him. And like, I can actually relate to those feelings, honestly, like an the anxiety there. I think a lot of us can probably relate to feeling like we're not enough or that we're too much or both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I feel My like a lot of... Yeah, and I feel like a lot of us often try to place the blame on ourselves in relationships, and I was thinking about it, and I feel like part of it is just because it feels, like, more manageable or under oh, control. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's less predictable, like, unpredictable and scary to be like, no, it's my fault. I'm the one yes. causing it. I literally, um, like, I, I have this conversation with survivors all the time, like, self-blame is a control function. Like, when we blame mm-hmm. ourselves for our own experiences, like... I, like, I talked to people about this particularly around experiences of survivorship, but I think that it's true in a lot of situations. Like, we, we like, latch on to self-blame because it allows us to have a sense of explanation or control about a situation because it's much more uncomfortable to sit with the reality, which is that often there is not an answer for why things happen the way that they happen. But, like... It sucks. Or there it's is, terrible. but we completely can't control it. Like, Or, yeah, or we can't control it or we can't know. And I think that's really frustrating. Yeah. But. 
But yeah, so it's, yeah, so I could definitely relate to that. But unlike Bella, I am in therapy. So, you know. Working through it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so after this conversation, Bella asks Edward if she can have all her stuff back. And he's like, surprise, bitch, I didn't actually steal it. It's under your floorboards. And then, which is, I don't even, I have nothing to say about that. Um, and then Isabella Swan goes, hey, Edward, by the way, while you were gone, I heard your voice in my head while I was doing dumb, reckless shit. Cool. Great. Now, you know. And then in her head is like, does it make me sound crazy? Like, (laughs) but I have to wonder what the fuck Edward is thinking when he's hearing about Bella risking her life to hear his voice. Because she explains that. She's like, oh, yeah, I was like doing dumb shit. I could hear you. Um. Like, do you think he was, like, contemplating the fact that she can, like, remember him best when he's scolding her? Is he realizing how much damage he did to her? Is he realizing that maybe this girl whose thoughts he can't hear is a lot fucking different than he thought and maybe kind of fucking dumb? Is he realizing that she's, like, in need of a lot of help? I don't think what is going on? She's not, he's not realizing any of those things. Uh, Edward has never realized anything. Edward has no awareness. (laughs) He definitely looks appalled at this. He is, like, what? But he acts, reacts kind of calmly. But I, but I think that he's, like, I think his horror is about Bella's actions and, like, just the fact that she would, like, ever think to put herself in danger when he loves her so much and like how could she I feel like he's upset at himself in that way that the very egocentric way where he's like I can't believe that like I had this big effect on her like I did the you know yes um and so he like he tries to respond but before he can Bella's like Edward shut the fuck up I'm having an epiphany like I think she maybe says out loud I'm having an epiphany she She tells him to shut up because she's like running through the scenario in her brain and I literally pictured uh Isabella Swan as the like lady with math swirling around her meme in this moment. Yeah, um, it was so Bella funny. decides in this during this epiphany that um all along Edward's voice in her head was the truth and I quote trying to break through. She's like, "Okay, so my own stubbornness has convinced me that Edward didn't love me, but like have you ever believed in your heart of hearts that something is true even when it's absolutely a lie? Like the truth was that he's always loved me and my subconscious has known that he's always loved me and it's been trying to tell me by creating a hallucination to try to stop me talk me out of my stubborn belief that like he hates me." And I just like, "What? What? 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 None of this makes any sense at all." And whatever. So apparently Bella's dumb fucking epiphany is enough to convince her that he does in fact love her and then they make out and I throw up in my mouth or whatever. Literally how does Bella take the thoughts of her own mind as evidence that Edward really loves her? Like I, I really I don't tell you. understand her thought process here. Does she think love is like truly literally magic? Like she must because she's like, "Oh, like my Brain did some weird fucking thought magic because you actually loved me and somehow I knew all along. And like love God. truly, literally, physically connects us in yeah. some sort and of she's spiritual like, way. Right. Like, oh, oh, uh, you do actually love me. Cool. We're good now. I no longer doubt you. And Edward's like, all right, cool. Also, BT dubs, I'm just humoring you and I don't actually give a fuck what my family says about you being a vampire because I'm a rebel and I won't let you become a vampire no matter what the man says. I don't care. Fuck you. Yeah, so then they get to the house and Bella calls the family to a vote, explaining that because of Volturi, will be coming to check in on her humanness. They are all involved now, which is not untrue, but also she apologizes for that, despite the fact that they are all the ones who dragged her into this mess in the first place, and she was just like a bystander. So then she gives a super healthy speech about how they all get to vote, but if they don't want her as part of their family and this is what i was saying earlier her plan is it's not like oh should i be a human or vampire she's like should i be a vampire or should i go to italy to die right now i don't think that i caught that like i must have not been paying close enough attention because i do not remember that she She says it so offhand she literally is like uh i hope you want me as part of your family but if you don't then i'll just go to italy and take care of this right now Cool. So she coerces them into getting what she wants by threatening. Yeah, that is how she frames this vote. Not will you turn me into a vampire, but do you want me to be part of your family, or do you want me to die? Or do you want me to kill myself? 
great. Bella is manipulative as fuck here, but she learns from the best, so. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Um, So, Edward is like, hold on a second before we vote, actually, God. I have an idea. Uh, He's like, the Volturi aren't actually a threat. Like, y'all are uh, upset about nothing because the tracker that they use has a power that relies on, like, detecting people's brain waves. And Bella's immune to their vampire powers, so they'll never find her. As if they can't just use the internet to look up or, like, call. Like, she's, like, her name is in the white pages. The internet. Um, They don't have the internet in in their weird uh, bloodletting chamber. Uh, the Wi-Fi doesn't reach there. It's too deep underground. Um, but yeah, so he's like, it's fine. We'll just like hide her and we'll use Alice's power to know when they're coming. And it'll be like finding a needle in a haystack. We'll never get her. I'm so smart. Uh, because we all know how fucking well that worked out last time. Uh, but Emmett is like super into it and they like have like a bro moment and fucking fist bump over it. And it's wild. Edward Colin fist bumping is so wild it's weird it's like it seems like an anachronism but like Mm -hmm. god uh so yeah so they're like yeah bro this is so cool we're so fucking smart and all of the women in the room are like what the fuck is wrong with you we want to die uh i think alice is just like idiots like yes they are so stupid so Um, bella yeah so then bella's like um this is my meeting and i'm not letting you run it uh, she calls a vote, and the votes go as such. Edward's like, because she's like, how she says it is like, do you want me as part of your family? Do you want me as part of your family? Yeah, and it's, it's like, really so So Edward's like, no, not like that. I want you to stay human. Alice says yes. Jasper says yes. Rosalie says no, not because she's averse to the idea of Bella as a sister, but because she wishes there had been someone to vote no for her. I actually appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, she literally says, like, this is not the life that I would have chosen for myself, and I wish there had been somebody to say no for me. Yeah, I really appreciated this part, too. I thought it was, like, the best characterization we've had of Rosalie so far. Yeah. Um, Emmett says, Emmett says, and I quote, yes, we can find some other way to pick a fight with this Dimitri. He's just trying Emma to throw just hands. wants to fucking fight. He just wants That's to fight. That's all he wants to do. Esme says yes. And then Carlisle doesn't actually say it out loud, but kind of just looks at Edward and is like, well, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna suicide, if Belle doesn't <laughs> live, then it's the only option that makes sense because she's gonna die eventually. So Yeah. And then Bella's like, thank you. I feel the same way about all of you. Which, again, is weird framing because I don't think that voting no. yes or no had anything to do with their feelings no. towards her for most of them other than right. maybe Rosalie, Esme. Rosalie, like, explicitly says this is not about how I feel about you. I just don't want this life for you because I didn't want it for myself. Yeah. So then Edward goes into the other room and throws a type of fit Jesus. that only a rich white man can throw, uh, presumably breaking very expensive shit and just being like, Ehh! and so, yeah, you know, that's. Yeah, definitely not a red flag there nope, or anything. Nope, um, nope. So then Bella, truly the dumbest bitch alive, oh is like, God. okay, Alice, let's go. Vampire me up. Bup, bup, bup. And then, She's like, let's do it. Let's do it right here. Like, just take me on the table. Take me on yeah. the table. Take me on the table, Alice. And, <laughs> God, right in front of your family, Alice. So then <laughs> Alice is freaked out and is like, dude, I literally don't know how not to kill you. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And uh, Bella's like, yeah, you can do it. She's like, no, literally, I cannot. And then Carlisle's like, I mean, like, I can do it right now. And uh, Edward's like, so then Edward, like, comes back in the room. He's pissed and he turns to Bella. Like and he's like, hey, asshole, why don't we wait until he fucking graduate and move out? Think about your fucking dad. And, like, you think he wouldn't be up on my ass right now if you just fucking died? And so Bell's <laughs> Bell's just like, okay, that might make sense, I guess. Fine. Fine I guess I'll wait Fine. because of my dad. And then they just, like, go back to her house. It's fucking God, Jesus! They go back to her house. Edward takes her home, and they like go into her room, and they're sitting on her bed. And then he starts trying to haggle with her like a fucking auntie at a bazaar. He's like, "What do you want most? Like, what do you want?" And she's like, "Well, honestly, what I want most is for you to do it. Like, if I could choose, I want you to turn me into a vampire, not Carlisle." And then Edward's like, "How much do you want it? Like, what are you willing to trade?" And then. And she's like, and he's like, how much time? Like, how many more years of being Like, a human? three years, five years. Right, right. And then somehow, somehow, this turns into a marriage proposal. Well, yeah, she's like, wha- she's like, well, she's like, no, I can't go past 19 because if you're going to be a teenager forever, I want to be too. 
And he's like, cool, okay, marry me. Like, fucking marry me. He's like, I'll only style. do it if you marry me first. Yeah. And he's, uh, so he's like, uh, yeah, so he asked her to marry her. I cannot believe how little I care about this. She expresses some trepidation and he She's basically like, wears her down. Okay, also She's though, like, I don't want to get married. trepidation is so weird. Like, her specific... Uh, yeah, she's she like, says. I don't want to get married to you because my mom, like, Charlie and Renee ruined marriage for me and my mom would be really mad if I got married before I'm 30. I'm like, you literally intend to die <laughs> do you, shortly do you not after think your that wedding. She would, do you not think that she would be more upset about you dying being dead? God. Uh, but then he, yeah, so she, I mean, not that I'm saying she can't be not wanting to marry Edward. I'm just saying it was kind of a weird right. moment. But he, like, so he finally wears her down, and then Charlie gets up, so Edward hides in the closet. Um, yeah, like, he, Edward really pretty explicitly manipulates Bella into giving him what he wants by changing the conditions of the agreement that they'd already made, which is super cute. I love that for her. Um, so Charlie gets up, he comes into Bella's room, he lays out all of the truly fucked up shit that Bella has put him through over the last three days. Um, and then he threatens to send her to Renee, which I feel like is warranted. Um, and she counters by saying that she's learned her lesson and she'll like do the dishes and she'll never do it again. Which she already does. Right. And I, I swear to God, if I ever tried to pull shit like this as a teenager, my mother would have straight up murdered me. Like, mm-hmm. dead in the ground. Murdered. Same. Mm-hmm. And Bella tries to explain where she's been by saying, and I quote, it was mostly a misunderstanding. Like, he said, she said. It got out of hand. What? I've never had a misunderstanding that led me out of the state or country without time to leave a fucking note while my dad was at a funeral. But, you know, like, to each their own. Also... I'm wondering about this, like, does Isabella Swan not have a cell phone? Or if she doesn't have a cell phone, I bet that the rich-ass vampires that she hunts out with have a cell phone, and she could have easily called Charlie. It's early enough that she definitely could not have a cell phone. But I feel like she canonically has one. I don't know, man. But either way, Uh, they definitely do. They, like, there is, she- Alice has an international phone. Alice, Alice used the phone on the plane to call Jasper, remember? Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, for sure they could have called Charlie. But anyway, so Bella tries to explain uh, what happened by saying that she jumped off a cliff, forgets that Charlie doesn't know that she jumped off a cliff, uh, tries to explain why she was cliff jumping, lies about Alice dragging her to L.A. It made no sense. She's like, yeah, well, like, Rosalie heard about me jumping off the cliff. And I was like, how would Rosalie have heard about this? How would Rosalie have heard? Like, and Charlie, anyway. So, like, uh, she's like, yeah, I went to L.A. because Alice wanted me to explain myself what happened. uh, Because apparently that's where they're living now that they moved away from Forks. And poor, sweet, good dad Charlie, very solemnly, heartbreakingly, says, Bella... Were you trying to kill yourself? And Bella's like, oh my god, no. Like, I was just having fun with the guys and the push. It was fine. Um, and then throws Jacob like, under the bus, too. It's like, no, I was staying with Jacob. Yeah. Which is a lie. And, right. And so at this point, Charlie's like, okay, I'm glad you're safe, but also, like, I want you to stay away from Edward. He's no good for you. He hurt you. And Bella's like, if I can't see Edward, I'm going to move out. Like, I, like, I'll just move out if he can't be here. And it is truly the most insensitive thoughtless bitch ass move in the universe like she goes uh she tells charlie that she and edward are a package deal so he just has to like get used to it like bella fucking christ is an awful i should not have yelled so loud so close to the mic but awful child awful like she literally is just like um you let my awful abusive boyfriend in the house who was gone for months etc etc whatever or i'm moving out also i'm not going to apologize for what i put you through or ask you at all how you are no. like not once does she like check and she's not like are you okay dad like i know i left you during a really rough time like Mm-mm. she's just like i'm really sorry that i put you through so much stress she's like fuck you fuck you so hard you're not an adult you're a literal infant fucking child, child. she is just the most self-centered bitch in the fucking it's universe awful. God, uh, she's like, give me some privacy, Dad. I need to shower. So Charlie leaves. Edward uh, exits the closet. They talk about some shit I don't care about. He promises to stay forever. They kiss. It's gross. And then this chapter's finally over. Like, it's over. <sighs> did, you, uh, did you have a favorite part? 
I did. I did. My favorite part was when Bella was riding Edward's back like a spider monkey and says, and I quote, evidently this is something you never forget, like riding a bicycle. God. God. So my favorite part was, okay, so Bella very sincerely says to Edward, like, living without you is worse than dying. But, like, Mm -hmm. you have to understand audience like she means this very literally and he knows that she means this very literally that she is like if you are not in my life i will kill myself like that is how literally she means it and then she boops him on the nose (laughs) canonically she's like i'd rather die than live without you god and And, i just um, pictured it like super bad you know like jonah hill mike michael sarah you know right and then and then you know you you get lulled at the end of this chapter into this false sense of complacency you think that it's over you think that you i didn't because it, my my version of the book has a chapter from eclipse in it so for me i was like thank god i'm way closer to the end than i thought i was because it looks like there's like a thick ass chunk left <laughs> but anyways yeah god but wait it's not over because there's a 15 15- fucking page epilogue because like oh yeah remember jacob yeah he's there yeah so the way bella talks about him is horrifying she literally says and again i quote i'm so angry this episode i feel like i've just been shaking this whole time it makes it makes makes me so mad i don't know if the audience can tell that i'm actually more angry than i normally am but i'm just so angry any oh god i wasn't exactly sure what to do about the leftover unresolved character about jacob jacob in her she's life. talking about jacob a leftover unresolved character bella right. is a huge narcissist and basically solipsistic and this is how she thinks about people as characters in her life like bella says oh go ahead i was gonna say like my my ex used to describe people as having protagonist syndrome and i feel like bella like yeah bella is the protagonist of this series but she like really extremely has protagonist syndrome yeah but like she doesn't know she's it so yeah right um this real life person Bella Swan doesn't know um but yeah so Bella's like yeah he's ignoring my calls what an asshole but like of of course he is like Bella water boundary Swan still continues to call him relentlessly despite the fact that Billy has told her explicitly that Jacob doesn't want to talk to her and she's so indignant about it and Edward assures her that it's not her because like nobody could ever hate perfect princess Bella and wow like I hate all these assholes so much like no I hate you Jacob deserves to hate you like right like it is it is reasonable that he is upset with you he begged you not to leave and you left and now you're not respecting his boundaries and this is okay so Edward also at this point is like you know it's probably good that Jacob isn't around because it would probably turn into a fight and I'd probably kill him like I don't think I could control myself what 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 Jesus Christ red fucking flag like I Oh, man, this, like, I don't know if I can control myself. Like, I just, when I get angry, I just, like, it's, it's, it's fucking textbook abuse. Yeah, if your, if your male friend was around, I would just fucking murder him. I would murder him. Like, I, who knows if I could control myself. Uh, God. So, Edward goes to drop Bella off at her house, um, and as they're, like, pulling up to the house, Edward is like, oh, man, Charlie's really fucking mad at you. Like, he's really mad. Um, and they realize why when they see that Bella's motorcycle is in the driveway, which means that Jacob has sold her out and honestly, good for him. Good for him. Um, and Bella's like so, she's so bewildered by this betrayal. She's like, I trusted Jake. Like he was my safe harbor. He was supposed to be my person. And she literally asks what she did to deserve this, which like. I like. <sighs> Like, Bella, what didn't you do to deserve this? Like, no. Bella truly has no self-awareness. Like, zero, none at all. Like, she has the audacity to say that it's not fair that Jacob hates her or doesn't want to talk to her, despite treating him like constant shit 
over and over and yep. over again, literally thinking of him as a leftover character, would rather see him die than Edward, like, doesn't give a single fuck about him, but mm-hmm. also still wants him to be there for her no matter what, exactly when she wants him, at her beck and call, no feelings, like... And then literally abandoning him. And then she's like, oh my god, I can't believe he'd do this to me. Having me so, it's like so not fair. So then Edward's like, he's here to see me. Uh, Which also, like, okay. So, and that's, he's like, he's he's here to, he's here to see me. He's not trying to fight. But there is like, he's there as like a spokesperson for the pack. And so Bella is like, runs up. He's like, how can I do this to me, Jake? You're such a, you're such a dick. And instead of letting him explain himself, Edward reads his thoughts and says that he's trying to get Bella grounded so she can't see Edward, which also, like, why can he hear his thoughts? I right. thought that the oh vampire powers don't Wait, work on I have the same werewolves. question. Yes. If vampire powers don't work on werewolves and Alice can't see Jacob in her, like, future visions, why can Edward read his thoughts? Like, is, is Alice just shit at future vision? Like, I don't get it. Like, is it just Alice that can't see werewolves? Like, I don't I don't fucking understand. Is it because he's half Did they human? save him as a werewolf? I like, don't know, man. I don't know, but it pisses me off. And so... Oh, my God. So... Yeah, so then... He's like, yeah, he's just trying to get you grounded. And Belle's like, you stupid idiot, I'm already grounded. Which is why I haven't been that dollar to see you. And Jacob seems surprised, and he's like, oh, I thought Edward wasn't letting you go. Which is, like, a reasonable assumption, because Edward probably assumption. wouldn't have let her go if she wasn't no. grounded. Because she has been so mad that they're friends in the first place. But anyway, so Edward, at this point, thanks Jacob for keeping Bella alive while he was gone. Uh, Jacob essentially tells him to go fuck himself. Bella and Edward are beyond horrifyingly disgusting. They, like, stare in each other's eyes. It's gross. I throw up in my mouth again, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Jacob says that he's also there to remind Edward of the treaty, which includes the provision that the truce between the vampires and the werewolves is over if any of the vampires bite a human. And he's really careful to say bite and not kill. Um, Bella tries to tell him it's none of his fucking business. At this point, Jacob realizes that Bella has made a decision to become a vampire, starts to convulse, presumably is nearing wolf explosion. Um... Edward's like, get away from him. He's dangerous. Um, And then he calms himself down. Edward and Jacob keep fucking swinging their dicks around and arguing about who gets to kill Victoria. And while all of this is happening, Charlie's like screaming for Bella to get the fuck inside because her motorcycle is still in the driveway. Yeah. So then Jacob's like, hey, we can't be friends anymore. And honestly, good for him finally setting a fucking healthy boundary. And Bella, and then there's this really weird scene where she like so reaches weird. out to him and then he like reaches out to her. And but they're like not anywhere near each other. And they're like just like holding their hands out while Edward physically restrains her, which is super cool and nothing weird or upsetting about that. No, and, so and though, Jacob's like, let her go. She wants to. But then it's, it's fucking. The whole scene know, is just so. So gross. Two men trying to take ownership of her, and it's just disgusting, and I hate it. And so then Bella runs through this woe is me list of all her problems, not stopping to consider that she's manufactured most of them herself, and then walks into the house to face Charlie with my destiny solidly at my side. Talking to Edward. We did it. That's it. My favorite part of this chapter was when it ended. Oh, same, same. I don't think that I had a favorite part because the epilogue was horrible. The only thing that brought me any reprieve was that it ended. So we actually made really good time. This is actually probably one of our shorter episodes. (laughs) Um, So I think that means that we have time to go over the New Moon playlist that Stephanie Meyer made. Oh my God, yes. So let's, I'm pulling it up right now. Don't you? Thank God. I'm not going to pull it up because I want to be surprised. Yeah, good, 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 good. So this one is a lot more fun because the note is, this loosely follows the story sequence. I'm going to put a B, E, or J after each song so you'll know whose perspective I'm hearing it from. Wait, That might help you categorize them. Yes. Categorize them to where they fit in the novel. Mostly Bs, of course, and she's telling the story. So, okay. Number one, Do You Realize by the Flaming Lips. God, I fucking love that song and it makes me so sad. That's a B, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Paper Cut by Linkin Park. Oh, my God. I don't think I know what that song is, but I'm going to guess B. Yeah, B. Um, 
And then, of course, there's two Muse songs in a row. They are Hyper Music by Muse and Apocalypse Please by Muse. I don't know either of those songs. Um, they, uh, I mean, they're Muse songs. They sound like Muse songs. They're like <laughs> um, dramatic. I, and, are they, yeah. are they Edward? Nope. They're are both, they both Bella. Apocalypse oh, Please, like, you know, like, oh God. Okay. <laughs> the next ones are really funny. Um, me. Time Stands Still by the All-American Rejects. <laughs> Um, is that a B? Yep. This song I actually really like, and I found it from this playlist when I was younger, but I haven't listened to it in a while, but I remember really liking it. It's Empty Room by Marjorie Fair. The title is all you need. Oh, that's a, that's B. Yeah, obviously. Um, Unwell by Matchbox 20. That is Isabella Swan. Yes. Um, okay, that, I, whenever I re-listen to almost any Matchbox 20 song, but especially Unwell, I'm like, you know what? This kind of rips. Like, <laughs> I should have appreciated that concert I went to more. I'm sorry, you went to a Matchbox 20 We have talked about this on the show so many times because it's the one that was Mute Map opening oh, yeah, the yeah, latest yeah, set opening for <laughs> Matchbox 20. I remember Mute Math. I don't remember Alanis Morissette. Yeah, it's because it was so 20. weird. Okay. Fucking bananas. Okay. okay. Pain by Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Also Bella. They're all of all these are Bella. so literal for the for the names. They're so <laughs> funny. This next one you're gonna die. Ride by the vines. <laughs> R-I-D-E by the vines. That is a Isabella Swan joint. Okay. Okay, here we go. Fix you by Coldplay. That is Jacob for one hundred percent that's Jacob. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, hey, hey, I know can I, I tell you something? Yeah. I hate this. I hate this so much. <laughs> I don't oh remember much, God. I don't really remember the song sounds like so much. Uh, by the way, there's alternates also. Um, oh, what? Oh, just wait. Um, oh Blue God. Side by Rooney, which is oh my God. Bella. Remember, remember Rooney? Yeah, I do. Jesus. Um. Over my head, cable car by the fray. Is that Bella? Yeah. Just think about it. Yeah, you know she's in over her head. She's in over, over her, her head. head. <laughs> God. Uh, going under by Evanescence. <laughs> so that's uh, Bella. That's a Bella. I don't know how to pronounce this, but I never have. It's a French name, and it's a song by Brand New. Is it not French name, but like Tato? I think it's. I think it's. I think. I think I always read it in my head as tattoo. Tattoo. But I feel like that's probably wrong. I don't know. Tattoo. By brand new. Bella. Mm Mm-hmm. Be my escape by Reliant K. (laughs) By Reliant K. (laughs) A Christian band. Um, that's, that's Bella. Is that Bella? That's Bella. Okay. Never Let You Down by the Verve Pipe. That is Jacob. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, that's like when she's like leaving for Italy. Just for, you know, you probably got that, but I want to make it clear. Thank you. I appreciate that. This one also, I think the name is the most important part if you don't know the song. Uh, Sing for Absolution by Muse. It'll make Edward? sense when I tell you. Yes, yes, Edward. Okay. When he's like, I'm gonna go to heaven. I yeah. hope I'm absolved of my vampire sins. Um, <laughs> the next two don't have a B or an E after it. And it's Your Mama by Fatboy Slim and DOA by Foo Fighters. Those are just a no one's perspective. I'm running through Italy, trying to get there in time. Dead on arrival. <laughs> 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 
I that's not the one that confuses me. <laughs> Fatboy Slim. Yeah, when she's running through the crowd, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Maybe I'll cut okay. some in. Please. Um, oh my Wait, I wish I hope that you cut in a little bit of every one of these songs. I feel like that's probably a lot of work, but I feel like it would be really good. That would be so long. It would like a, just like a, just like four seconds, you know. <laughs> just the legally allowed amount of yeah, yeah. song. Just the iTunes previews. Just, um, I just, I just want to taste. Stare by Marjorie Fair. Uh, Bell. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Memory by Sugar Cult. Oh wow! I haven't thought about that song in a long time. Bella? Uh-huh. The okay. Truth About Heaven by mm-hmm. Armor for Sleep. Edward? Bella. Sound oh. of Pulling Heaven Down by Blue October. Bella? Edward. Oh, I, I mixed them up. Send a Sound of Pulling Heaven Down, which I think uh, a musicology on Alien Happy Hour, they just did that album. And they're like, okay. yeah, this album, we had this discussion about it. And Riley's all like, oh, it's really meaningful, this really meaningful album to me. And I'm like, did you know that Stephanie Meyer put that from Edward's <laughs> perspective on the new moon playlist? Because I'm the worst. Okay, I'm not going to make you guess for all of the rest of these, but I'll make you guess for some of them. Okay. Because there are 14 alternates. Oh my god. Drag what? by Placebo from Bella's perspective. You have to guess this one. Hate Me, Radio Edit by Blue October. Shake? No. Edward. What? Hate Me. That was going to be my last guess. Okay. (laughs) World Has Turned and Left Me Here by Weezer. Bella. Obviously. Um... Best I Ever Had by Vertical Horizon. My, uh, these are all Bella until I say otherwise. Uh, My Immortal by Evanescence. Jesus Everybody's Christ. Changing by Keen. Oh uh, like a Stone by Audio Slave. Stuck in a Moment You Can't Get Out Of by You Too. <laughs> <laughs> just just so really funny. on the nose. Just in October, November, December. Yeah. Um, Rest in Pieces by Saliva. Uh, not the one by Collective Soul. I miss you by Blink One Eighty Two. Unintended by Muse. White flag. Wait, Dino. And then finally, from Edward's perspective. Boop 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 boop. The reason by no, who to stay. No, no, absolutely not. Nope. No, 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 no. I just Edward at like a high school cafeteria dance just being like, mm-hmm. and the reason is you. Yeah. Oh my God. That's the worst thing I've ever I'm heard. Is not, that the end? Just God, just ever. Yeah. I'm not a perfect person. person. I never meant to do those things <laughs> to you. Okay, now I get it. That makes this makes it's sense. It's so now. on the nose. Oh god. It's so on the nose. Like, <sighs> oh my god. I'm actually just it's, now looking up the full lyrics. It's no, it's a lot. Oh my god. Yeah, I found a reason for me to yeah. Found a reason for me to change who I used to be. A re- yeah, the it's so bad. I'm singing it so badly right now too. I can sing a little bit better than I'm doing it. Um, but there's yeah, the, just who the, think does not deserve your uh, like yeah. full and all the drive. pain I put you through. I wish I could take it all away and be the one who catches all your tears. That's why I need you to hear. God, God. Jesus. Well, uh, we done did it. We done we, did the fucking book. We now we gotta done... just watch the movie. God, murder me. I'm pretty pumped. Well, Are we gonna watch it in person together? Maybe. I hope so. I hope so. That is. We can have a little party be... about it. I would love to have a little party about it. Also, we could get some samosas. Do you want to know what they chose? Do you want to know oh what the God. internet chose? Please. So it's my birthday month and Stephanie Meyer's birthday month because Stephanie Meyer and I have the same birthday, which is wild. So yeah, me and Stephanie Meyer Christmas Eve. 
please wish me happy birthday uh, at Absalina, E-P-S-I-L-I-N-A. Like, for real, please do it. Please say nice things about me. I'd really appreciate it. Um, so because it's my birthday, I only put up uh, bad or, like, binge-worthy whatever kind of television shows. So the options were Glee, America's Next Top Model, Pretty Little Liars, and Skins. God, I hope that it is Glee. I truly, really, with all of my heart, hope that it is a Glee crossover because I watched a lot of Glee last week. It's not, but I think it'll be okay. Because it is finally the America's Next Top Model one. Thank fucking God! Oh, Leah, wow. Leah tries out for America's Next Top Model in hopes of escaping La Push and the ghosts of her past. When she gets picked as one of the models, she expects to do great. What she doesn't expect is imprinting a Nigel Barker. Uh, Nigel Barker. Famous Nigel photographer Barker. and judge. I can't wait. Can't I'm wait. so wait. pumped. They did it for my birthday. Amazing. Thanks. If you all would like to listen to us cry about America's Next Top Model Twilight crossover fanfic, please consider becoming a patron. All of our summer crossover book club episodes are part of the lovely, wonderful perks that you get if you give yeah. us money on Patreon. Yeah, so it's patreon.com slash Podcast. You can also hear us talking about America's Next Top Model memes on there because we, for just $2, you get a bunch of our like chatting before the shows, mm-hmm. which people on Twitter really like. They say that they yeah. like it. They like Apparently our best it's friend fun energy. To listen to our chaotic friendship. So yeah, it's if you like hanging out with us. Our chaotic friendship. Yeah, yeah, it's like hanging out with us, except that you're paying to do it, and we're not actually there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, do we have um? Do we have anything else that we need to shout out for this episode? Um, follow us on Twitter at STBC Podcast. Um, pretty soon I'll be releasing uh, the episodes of um, Summer Twilight Interstitial Campaign, which will be fun. Um, and also I'm starting a new podcast that I should be starting to release hopefully in January, Queers on Film. Um, that's going to be fun. I'll give you more information when I have it. But yeah, cool. I think that's it. I think we just get to get to go do our lives now. Yeah. Well, thank you all for hanging in there with us through this truly brain melting second installment of the Twilight series. We have done it. We will be coming at you with the movie episode in some amount of time. I don't know, but it'll happen. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye, baby. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts.